All right. Good, good, good. All right. Who, uh, who figured it out this morning? Uh, what treasure is? Yeah, we've cornered the market on that one. We've cornered the market on that one. Um, good stuff. Um, so, yeah. Um, this morning. Ah, so good. Do you love it in that brief moment we get when the kids are in the other room and it's just like, ah, let's just sit here in silence for 30 minutes and we'll get them. You know? <laughs> uh, that's uh, so, Jesus is talking to all these people and just kind of going parable after parable and then you get in Matthew 13 verse 44 and then he just brings it home with one of my faves and there's not many parables that are just one verse long uh, and it's just like it's so good you know you can just you just put it in one verse and move on I'm sure that's what Jesus was thinking when he recited that this is going to be a one verser so the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which someone found and hid and in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which someone finds, which someone found and hid. And then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. so you got to draw it out. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which someone found and hid. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. The word of the Lord. What do you guys think? Anything jump out at you this morning as we sort of read that? Three times. Anybody hear anything new or different? Or for the first time? Probably pirates. Obviously, someone else on the field. Yeah. This is either totally legit or real sketchy. Did he find it and then rehide it? Or is it the hand that hit it in the first place? Oh, wow. There's a commentator in here. It's like seeing this car. Did he know the table was in it? Yeah, just the treasure. That's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I like that. It's like this 
I don't know. It's not our field. It's not his field that he found the treasure in. You know, it's like it does not belong to him. Mm. I, uh, total side note. I, I love chatting with uh, mostly a room full of millennials about this kind of stuff. You know, you talk you talk to the to the old boomers and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, this passage really speaks to me because of this and this and this." You talk to a bunch of millennials, they're like. What was he doing in there anyway? You know, we're like, we're like uh, deconstructing the parable. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, treasure. Um, who who doesn't who doesn't like treasure? Uh, you know, everyone likes treasure. It's you know, it's uh, Jesus is is uh, you know, it hasn't changed in two thousand years. Uh, but you know, you really have to ask, and and I kind of caught bits and pieces of you guys' dialogue. Uh, but but what is treasure, uh, and and what makes something uh, a treasure, right? And, and why why is it that you would treasure uh, something? Because uh, as you know, one man's trash, right? Is another man's trash treasure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything you know, honey. I didn't write the the thing. You know, it actually probably doesn't apply to women. That's probably one. You know. One woman's trash is another woman's trash. Uh, but one man's treasure... What tra- uh, you know, it is funny to think about uh, because our Ryan and I's business, Earth Town, like we have like, a, if you guys haven't been down there, we have a shop full of other people's trash that is our treasure. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's so good down there. It's like Ariel's Cave, if you've ever been there. Yeah, no, it's like full of dinglehoppers and all sorts of random things that uh, no one else wants, but we have lots of it. Yeah, you no, know, it's like, and we're going to do something with it. Uh, but but what is what is treasure, you know? Uh, and I have to think, and somebody hit on Melly, I think, uh, you know, treasure, I think at its core... Uh, must have to do with uh, joy, right? It must be something that, that maybe that brings you joy, or at least goes hand in hand with joy and treasure, right? Uh, it's interesting to, to think about. Uh, and I would even been marinating on this uh, lately, and I would even maybe venture to say that, that if there is something that really, if, if you find joy, uh, I would say you found something kingdom. Uh, but anyway, let's let's keep moving. So, uh, treasure, uh, joy. It does really make you think in your life. Well, well, then if that's kind of a qualifier, what are what are my treasures, right? What are my treasures? Uh, so jumping in the text a little bit, and I'm gonna, you know, by popular demand, I'm gonna try to sequester myself more in the corner today. Because people like Chris Weston keep telling me that they that I'm a I'm a black figure when I stand here in front of this window. So another people have complained like Chuck. Yeah, back there. So I like just lower the blinds. Yeah. Oh no, this nature. <laughs> okay, crack open. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, all right. In the text, you guys. Oh really? I could do this if you want. <laughs> See. Uh, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. Be in agreement with us on, on prayer for new spaces. Treasure. Uh, so in the Greek, uh, this word treasure is interesting. It, uh, it means, uh, well, the, literally the word is uh, thesaurus, uh, which is kind of funny. Uh, and yes, you did hear that correctly. It's the Greek word uh, thesaurus, which is thesaurus. Uh, which uh, which we take that word and we use it uh, for a collection of synonyms, right? Words that are like other 
uh, words, uh, right, uh, a thesaurus, right, uh, when one thing shares a meaning with another. That's kind of interesting. Maybe a side note. Maybe not. Uh, but so this word, this source, this treasure, right? It's a place in which good and precious things are collected and, and laid up, right? Uh, a coffer in which valuables are kept, a treasury, a storehouse, etc., etc. Uh, and then the root word that we get treasure from is this Greek word tithomai, uh, which is is it's a root word. It means like to set or to place or to put aside uh, or even to sort of uh, lay down somewhere to bend a knee uh, and, and put something somewhere to lay off to carry no longer. And even uh, sometimes in the New Testament, this word is just used to, uh, to lay aside uh, money. <laughs> Which I thought that was, uh, that was super ironic, you know, uh, that, 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 that at the root word of treasure, it can be sort of synonymous, uh, plain words, uh, with like laying aside money. Uh, you know, it just seems fairly uh, ironic if you, if you find that in one text. But... Uh, but uh, how many how many parables did you guys or stories did you guys count that in the Gospels that deal with like uh, treasure or riches? Uh, the, I know this group over here got pretty high. It's at least eight. It's at least one. It's at least one. <laughs> eight. Uh, the Gospel can be numbered. I don't know what that meant. <laughs> 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 Excuse me. We were in college. <laughs> How many, how, many, how many did you guys get in your group? Josh was in my group. He said at least eight. At least eight. I thought you said like 65 or something. You totally made that up, didn't you? I didn't say anything. Anyway. Oh, somebody said that. More than four, but less than ten. More than four, less than ten. It's almost actually easier to count which ones don't, you know. And, and you really, ooh, probably. Uh, you really get into it, and it's just like almost every story has some element of, of uh, talking about it. Uh, one, one of them that's, that's really good, and I heard a couple people name was the story of, of Lazarus, the rich man Lazarus, and the beggar, right? And which uh, I'm not going to unpack today, uh, but it's in Luke 16. You can go read it, and it'll keep you awake at night. You know, it's like one of those, it's one of those, like, not frequently preached on, but uh, anyway. Uh, or in uh, another good one is in uh, Luke 12, uh, which is, uh, we call it the story of the rich Cool. Uh, right? It was the guy who had a really good harvest season and he had so much stuff he didn't know what to do with. And so he was like, I'm just going to build a bigger barn and put it all in. And, uh, and, the, and the parable ends and it says, uh, And I will say to my soul, Soul, that's always a good one, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. And God said to him, He says, You fool. Which is why we call him the rich fool. This very night, your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich towards God. Rich towards God. It's a good one. And then my favorite, uh, one of my real favorites, is in Matthew 19, and uh, it was actually in some other places too, but. Uh, it's the story of, we usually know it as like the rich young ruler, right? The rich young dude, or, you know, you read one version, and he's not, you know, young at all. And anyway, but uh, anyway, and uh, he, he desires to, to follow Jesus, and he's asking, what must I do to enter life? And Jesus is just like, you know, do these, follow these commandments. And he's like, well, I've done, I've done this. And uh, follow these commandments. And Jesus, and he's like, so now what? And, and Jesus said to him, uh, if you wish to be perfect, 
Go, sell your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. And when the young man heard this word, he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, right, which is like the little doorway in the wall of the city where you try to get your camel to crawl on his knees, which is basically impossible, except nothing is possible with the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to enter the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Anyway, it goes through this whole dialogue. Uh, which, so, um, I think it's interesting, there's this contrast uh, in, the, in the scripture we read earlier. I don't know if you caught it. And in your handout it says, like, John 4, but it's actually Matthew 4. Uh, so, error. But, uh, uh, between where uh, you get that story, right? So, Jesus calls these guys, and they're like fishermen, they're like rabbi school dropouts, you know, they're nobodies, and they leave, uh, and they leave everything, but they, they do have a tray, they have a family, you know, and it says they, they leave everything, they follow Jesus. Uh, and then you get this guy, right? The other young but wealthier man, the somebody, uh, right? But he can't bring himself to do the same. Uh, I think it's a stark warning for us who, for the most part, find ourselves more on the young and wealthier side of the world, right? Uh, so a couple years ago, I actually did this uh, youth retreat uh, up on the plateau in the middle of nowhere for these uh, teenagers. And uh, the, the middle night, I spoke on this uh, Rich and Ruler text. And, and, I, and so I actually, uh, uh, you know, like you do, you try to get them all saved. But um, anyway, but, uh, so I built this, I actually built a wall. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 and I built like a little opening in the middle that you would have to crawl through the eye of the needle right into the kingdom of heaven. So uh, anyway, it was epic. Uh, at least I thought. Um, but uh, so I was, uh, you know, the point being that, you know, like the camel, you have to shed everything. Uh, you know, the camel in the eye of the needle, you have to shed everything to crawl through into, you know, the kingdom. And so, like, the, the end of the message, you know, I've got like this, I get like a volunteer, and I get like this uh, one kid to put on like uh, my huge backpacking backpack, and it's just stuff full of everything that you would need to go camping, you know, and he tries to cross through the eye of the needle, and he can't get through, and we start taking stuff out of the backpack, right, and eventually you just have to take off the whole backpack to try to fit through, right? And then, uh, you know, and at the end, uh, you know, this sort of analogy, you know, there's this sort of prayerful invitation where I invite them into sort of a prayer space to sort of release some things, you know. And let me tell you what, those darn teenagers, like, only like six of them responded, you know, could just let go of their, their ego and put their butts in the air for a minute and crawl through this hole, you know what I'm saying? Uh, teenagers have so much image to lose, don't they? Uh, you guys, uh, you guys probably wouldn't know. There's, there's, there's only a couple here, so I can't, I can't speak to it. But, uh, no, uh, you know, and so there was just sort of this, uh, this this funny moment that that reminded uh, me uh, of what it means that uh, what kind of what what is treasure and, and what does it mean that 
that we're willing to let go of this and let go of that. Uh, it, it, it's interesting. It's interesting that like earthly treasures uh, don't have any problem existing with one another. Like we can have a million, uh, right? And they can all just kind of be in our closets or be in our lives. But this other kind of treasure, this this kingdom treasure. Well, to attain this treasure, you actually have to let go of uh, all other treasures. You actually have to release, right? Uh, you have to just kind of open your hand up uh, a little bit uh, if you want to receive, if you're receiving, uh, right? You have to release all other treasure. Um, so a little bit of context. Uh, back in the day, uh, if you like had a bunch of money, right, you... A, a bank wouldn't be like the safest place to put that if, if there was such a thing. Uh, especially in the Middle Eastern uh, place where invaders were like something that happened on the weekends and, uh, you know, there was just constant threat of your village. And so uh, you would actually, it wouldn't be that uncommon uh, for you to just really want to hide your possessions or your treasure in somewhere that, uh, in a place that was very, very difficult, almost impossible to find, right? And uh, Josephus actually even writes about this, about how there were times in his day where people would maybe come across a treasure in a field. Anyway, so Jesus' listeners, uh, this wouldn't have been like, it would have been rare, but it wouldn't have been totally uh, unheard of uh, for them to just kind of nod their head and kind of know the scenario that Jesus was talking about uh, here. Uh, They would have been familiar enough with the plot. Uh, Also, to dig a little deeper... Um, pun intended. Uh, first century ears would have heard this, yeah, knowing the kind of person who would have been in the field in the first place, right? Uh, it would have been someone who's just sort of a simple laborer, right? Uh, nobody of importance, right? Not a rich person, not a wealthy person. They wouldn't have been. They wouldn't have been in the field, right? Uh, and uh, he was going about. He's probably just going about his regular work. He's probably digging, plowing, doing whatever it is you do in a field, right? And, and I love this photo here, uh, and this is, a, this is actually a Rembrandt, and, uh, and it's painted to reflect this parable. And it's kind of it's cool. You, you, you notice, uh, it almost makes it kind of funny looking, but you see how, like, the dude is, like, kind of bulked. Like, he's kind of, like, like he's, he's pretty ripped. He's got a strong body, uh, right? But he's got like a weary old face, you know. It's like he's he's done it for for too long, and he's down low to the ground on a knee, right? And he has like discovered the treasure, and now he's like looking back over his shoulder to see if anyone's like seen his great discovery, uh, right? And so uh, it's interesting in the parable is that that he he finds it, and then he immediately hides it again, right? Uh, he he's 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 quick. He's quick thinking, right? And uh, he takes this immediate action. And uh, I think the thing to know is that uh, there's this sort of immediate action that is required now once he has found this treasure. He has to take action to possess the treasure, right? Passivity is is useless here. Uh, You know, I think if I were like a... I think if I ever did, you know, become wealthy or something, which I probably will one day, you know, but, uh, um, 
you know, I would probably be like the laziest person in the world. You know, I'm I'm already a nine on the enneagram, which if you know anything about that, like it's like it's already on the struggle bus most days. But um, you know, I think if I just had money, I would just like it would be like me on the couch, nacho cheese, Doritos, and then probably like you know, like I don't know, whatever Friday Night Lights. I don't know, you know, uh, whatever's uh, you know, and that would be like life of the life of the rich and wealthy Caleb, you know what I'm saying, like, it would just be too much, you know, it would be too much, you know, and so, I think especially in our culture, that tells us that the things that are, that we're even labeling as treasure, uh, that we really shouldn't have to work for, right, we really shouldn't have to exert ourselves that much to, to attain these, these treasures, right, they should just kind of come to us, uh, and so, you know, according to Jesus, this, this kingdom often reveals itself to, to people unexpectedly, even in their daily lives. And unless they take immediate action to acquire it, uh, they might even miss it. And so, um, again, in this story, it is the one who's a simple laborer, right? He encounters the kingdom, and yet in his joy, he knows what to do, right? Uh, anybody here ever played the, uh, the McDonald's Monopoly McDonald's Monopoly fans. Yeah, dude, that stuff was addicting back in the day. And I'm not going to lie, back in the 90s, when it was like, you know, that's what you did in the 90s. And, uh, and, and, you know, and I was in kind of an unprivileged family in the 90s that you know, we didn't know, and we had a lot of McDonald's, and I'm repenting still to this day, you know, and for all the McDonald's. But, uh, so this recent, uh, this story came out recently on, I think it was like Newsweek or something, that, uh, that basically if you played McDonald's Monopoly in the 90s, you had like zero chance of winning any like substantial money. Because for over a decade, uh, there was a scam going on uh, by a guy named Jerry. And uh, this is this is a true story, and uh, it's 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 crazy, right? So uh, in two thousand one, more than fifty people were convicted of a mail fraud and conspiracy in connection with the scheme to defraud McDonald's out of more than twenty four million dollars through its monopoly promotion, right? And there was this uh, this former police officer named Jerry Jacobson. And he was found to be at the heart of this complicated scheme that literally lasted for over a decade. It was like 12 or 13 uh, years. And uh, Jacobson uh, uh, was accused of providing winning McDonald's Monopoly pieces in exchange for cuts of the money, right? And they even have like this huge long confession now. And, and uh, it's crazy. Like he was in, he got in with like the New York mob uh, and was like giving them cuts and, and and he was like he was like genius about it, and he would use people. He would never use the same people twice, and so they couldn't trace him. And he and he would make connections with like friends and friends of friends, and get little cuts of the money. And what would happen was that they even found people who won money because of Jerry uh, that didn't know that they were part of a scam. And this whole thing is it, it just got like really crazy, right? But he was like the director of security. This is getting way too long uh, at, at, for this whole Monopoly thing. And anyway, and they even had uh, like a, a female to audit and follow Jerry just in case something shady was going on. And so the only place 
he could he could find to switch out the game pieces. Um, at this point, he would like go and hide in the mail in the men's restroom and like switch out the game pieces real quick, and then and then anyway, he had like the perfect job for this thing. To, anyway, some there's some somebody uh, an anonymous tip the FBI like a, over a decade later, but um, it's just this crazy thing, right? Um, I don't think Jesus uh, this morning is saying like you should be like the McDonald's monopoly robber or anything. <laughs> Uh, but you have to admire the guy's uh, wisdom, right? The guy's shrewdness uh, in, in the whole thing, right? Uh, the interesting thing about this parable, uh, I think we read this parable sometimes and we're like, this dude was shady, right? It, it kind of reminds you of the, the parable of the dishonest manager, right? If you know what I'm talking about, the one that we don't preach on. And because there's sort of this, there's sort of this uh, shrewd as a snake thing happening even in this parable. And so they, they wouldn't have heard this parable and thought, oh, this is unethical, right? But they would have seen it as, as wise, right? Not doing something illegal, but being wise and shrewd with his findings. Uh, and so, um, anyway, it actually reminds me of another story where my mom found money in the mall, but I'm not going to tell you that uh, today because it's, it's really good. But I've probably shared it before. Uh, but I think a question for us this morning is, when Jesus calls you to, to be a disciple, uh, right, uh, what, is, what, what is our response? Uh, how, how is it that, that we find ourselves responding uh, when we come across treasure, uh, right? Um, when, you, when you have a divine encounter, when you, when you find hidden kingdom treasure, when you encounter God, when you come face to face with ultimate reality herself, the kingdom, uh, you know, you, you suddenly find your grip on everything else beginning to, to loose, right? In fact, if we really look closely, it seems that it's absolute necessity that we do lose sell, shed all excess so that we can find ourselves slipping through the eye of the needle, right? Narrow is the gift. Jesus even found saying to his disciples in Luke 14, he says, you know, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciples. Like, God only, what are we talking about here? This is, this is heavy stuff. And so it says the man, uh, in his joy, sells all that he has then to go buy the field that the treasure is in. And he hit it back. And then I love that. He, he hit it back and then he bought the field, right? He had a plan, you know. And he took action. He was shrewd, right? And then he just finds himself in this field possessing nothing but possessing everything, right? Uh, he has nothing, but he possesses everything. Uh, you know what I, I think I find most striking about the treasure this morning is is it's it's not obvious, right? It's it's almost it's almost invisible. Uh, it's it's you know you, you might miss it actually if you're if you're not really paying attention. And, and so you have to ask, like, what is Jesus telling us about this kingdom? 
you know, it, it's so obvious, it's invisible. It's so common that, that the rich, uh, they, you know, they can't receive it. Luke 6, Jesus says, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. And so there is this sort of like, you know, the stark points throughout the Gospels uh, where Jesus sort of keeps coming back to this sort of theme. Um, so, wrapping up this morning, um, I can't but think maybe, uh, I feel the pertinent question for, for us is, uh, you know, what, what, does it, what does it mean to be, what does it mean to be a disciple? Uh, what does it mean to be uh, a synonym of Christ, right? Uh, this morning, uh, the thing is, you can either find yourself uh, joyfully, joyfully attaining the kingdom of God and losing all else, right? Or fearfully, uh, like what Chelsea was doing earlier, like uh, fisting, white knuckling, everything, right? But then you kind of miss it, right? You know, there's actually two ways of losing everything that you have. You, you can do it either this way or that way, right? You can either, uh, in, in your unwillingness, uh, you can lose everything out of fear, or through willingness, you can lose everything out of joy, right? It's, it's really great. Uh, it's kind of two ways to go there. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, some of you guys know, I, I went skydiving. Uh, with my dad, and uh, uh, anyway, it's crazy, because you're like, you know, you're in this airplane, obviously, as you do, like you do, and uh, you're, you're tandem, you're buckled to this other guy, you're like, you're on this little bench, and the door's open, like, like you do, you know, and, uh, and, and finally, it's your turn, and you slip up to the edge of the plane, and you're your legs are just dangling out in the middle of the abyss. You know, you're facing your mortality. And then, uh, anyway, you just, poof, you go, you know. And then you're flipping, and then the next thing you see is the airplane. And you're like, oh, I was just in there. Anyway, uh, when, when I was falling, and you're falling 200 miles per hour as a human being. like, in, But you don't feel, it's not like, woo, you know. It's like, oh, I'm just playing in the atmosphere. You know, it's totally different feeling. But I guess I, guess I was so tense that the guy I was riding tandem with, like, reached over me, grabbed my arms with his hands, and goes, Have some fun! You know? And he's like, You're tense, man! You know? And uh, I guess I was falling like this, you know? Which, uh, you know, first time we're here. And, uh, anyway, you know. Uh... And so, which I'm glad he did that because it like, woke me up because the whole thing's only like 120 seconds. Uh, and so, uh, and, I, and I realized I was so focused on the fall uh, that I couldn't enjoy uh, the drop, you know what I'm saying? That, that, I, that I couldn't, like, it, the, whole, the whole point is it's supposed to be fun, you know? It's supposed to be something you're enjoying, right? And so, uh, if you're not, like, you're just, like, you, you're just, this is the whole, all the waste. Right, and so the funny parallel I think that it is, uh, is is that like we've all jumped out of the plane. You know what I'm saying? Like we're all, uh, it's all for for everyone. Uh, I mean, we're on the. There's 120 seconds before we're hitting the ground, and at some point, 
everyone hits the ground. Are you with me? At some point, it will be over. And you can either find yourself uh, deathly afraid for the entire ride down, or at some point you can just say, Woo! Right? I mean, there's, there's, there's a couple different options here of, of, of our posture for this whole thing, right? for this whole experience that is life. You know, this morning, I think if, if we don't find ourselves or maybe take a step back at some moment and, and ask ourselves, am I joyfully entering into this thing? Am I joyfully willing to, to lose all that I have so that I might get this treasure, that I might attain this kingdom, that I might follow Jesus, right? That, that you find yourself joyfully going after this treasure, right? That, that you're willing to even lose this whole thing, right? And maybe sometimes we even forget who this Jesus is or what this whole thing is that, that we're doing this morning, right? And so this morning, uh, if you find the treasure, if you see the kingdom, if you're going about your day and, and, and you, you, you stumble across some kingdom, right? If, if Jesus comes to you and he says, you know, here, here, here's what to do if you want to be perfect. Do it. Do it. May you this morning shed the weight of all it is that that maybe you find yourself constraining you. Uh, wherever you're at this morning, uh, the weight of the the myth of uh, financial security that, that brings peace. Right. One one modern prophet has said, if if your problems can be solved with money, they're not real problems. It's like, ooh, I didn't say it, he said it, I didn't say it. You know, it's like, man, may you this morning uh, shed the weight. May you attain the treasure. May you find yourself joyfully selling all that you have to take hold of this thing uh, before you hit the ground. Let's pray this morning and hang tight and we're going